Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from Maine's institutions to God's instructions. Hey, we have a special guest today. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. You're in for a powerful Red Pill Torah story. Mm-hmm. It will surely bless you. Now, if you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. First-time listeners can look us up on the web. Search for Red Pill Torah. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L space T-O-R-A-H. Or reach out by email. Our address is redpilltorah at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. And shalom to our friends in South Carolina and France. Every now and then, we have guests share their Red Pill Torah stories about how and when they became aware of the Hebrew foundations of our faith. Today we have part one of a powerful story from Pastor Dale Phillips in Denver, Colorado. Tim, let's roll the tape. Okay, so we have Pastor Dale Phillips on the line. When Miss and I were at the Shoulder to Shoulder Conference in Denver Mm -hmm. uh, some weeks ago, we heard Pastor Phillips speak about his uh his journey and it moved us so that we asked him to be a part of red pill torah for a podcast or two and he very graciously agreed so thanks a lot pastor phillips for being on the line with us we appreciate it well thank you sir appreciate the opportunity to share if you would uh if you can just uh just start with your story if you please and uh, tell us about your ministry there and uh specifically um you mentioned that you got an inquiry some time ago from an older minister in your area, and that kind of started a journey for you. So we'd really like to hear more about that, if you please. Sure. Um, well, again, I want to just say thank you to you and uh, Miss for uh, this this chance to be able to share. It was great to meet you both at uh, the Shoulder to Shoulder event. Um, as I uh, shared uh, on that platform, uh, I've been in ministry now for just a little more than 40 years. And so uh, approximately, um, I think it's been about uh, 12 to 15 years ago, I uh, was approached by a, a elderly uh, pastor uh, in our community. He was actually affiliated with the Church of God in Christ. I knew him by reputation. I knew his son uh, perhaps better than I knew him. He was a, a real strong community activist. Uh, his name was Bishop Kelly. I want to give him credit, uh, although he's no longer with us. But he uh, he would have been my father's uh, in my father's generation. So when I first got the uh, message from my uh, ad- administrator that uh, he wanted to have an appointment, I really thought that he m- intended to meet with my dad. Uh, I uh, inherited the the church that I uh, was pastor of at that time, and it was not unusual for people to reach out uh, and ask for Pastor Phillips, but really meaning they wanted to talk to my dad. Uh, I've been the pastor for a little bit by this time, but I still thought, in, in particular because of who he was, his age, and what have you, and I was unfamiliar with him, I just assumed he wanted a meeting with my father. And so I actually asked my admin to call him back and clarify 
And when she told me uh, later that he said, no, he knew who he was calling. He wanted to meet with Pastor Dale Phillips. And so I took the meeting, and uh, when he arrived, uh, as I said, he's an elderly gentleman. He had retired from pastoring uh, at, by this time, and he asked me to come out to his vehicle and uh, he proceeded to open up his trunk and it was filled with various books and rolled up pieces of paper that I wasn't familiar with that I know now were scrolls and other documents. And from his trunk, he began to uh, introduce me to some of the first lettering of the Hebraic alphabet. And uh, we had one uh, consultation that lasted an hour or so, and I uh, took a yellow pad and he began to write down some various scripts, things that I was not familiar with, but uh, he concluded with telling me that I needed to know this, I needed to learn this, and that was why he sought me out. I planned to have follow-up conversations with him thereafter, but it never occurred, and he passed away maybe about a year and a half uh, after that. And I was I had no connection to the Hebraic until about a year after that first encounter, and so that's where my journey uh, officially started. Well, it's uh, quite a story, you know, where we're from. If someone calls you over to the trunk to see something, that could mean <laughs> yes, sir, <laughs> absolutely. So. Uh, please go go ahead, Pastor Phillips. Uh, oh, Miss, did you have a question? Well, uh, yeah, actually, I did. Um, Pastor Phillips, after you got those uh, documents, the books, the scrolls, what did you think? What did you think of that encounter? Did you believe the Lord was trying to tell you something, or you were like really questioning? Well, uh, the the first basic lesson that he gave me, uh, he talked to me about what, uh, um, and I'm going to vocalize it the way he said it to me at that time. He said, I want to talk to you about Adam. Now, and then when he wrote it down on paper, of course, for me, it reflected Adam. And I'm like, okay, all right, so what? Um, I didn't understand the uh, the association, but he wrote down the the name Adam, and then he uh, cr uh, wrote or created uh, what appeared to me to, to to just be a simple X on the page. I learned from that first lesson he referred to it as the Olive. Of course, I had no idea what that was. But what when he broke down each part of that Olive and he related it to the first man. The lesson that he shared with me was how this uh, this uh, letter corresponded with the creation of the first man and the creation of the world. And he began to explain to me that there were hidden truths and mysteries in these letters in the Hebrew alphabet. What intrigued me at that time, I was on a personal journey for simply wanting to understand the origin of the Christian faith. Wow. I was not familiar with the fact that there was a direct connection, and, and I know even when I say that right now, to me that sounds so fundamental. But, you know, when you're raised a standard pro in the standard Protestant faith, you actually believe that, you know, the Jesus of the Bible 
was a Christian, if you will, to to or you know, uh, uh, and he was the founder of the Christian uh, faith, and so that was really my my backstop at the time. However, in my personal study, I couldn't I could not connect our faith past the um, you know early fourteen. 1500 and I just knew that there has to be you know something beyond that but I didn't know what it was and so the reason his lesson intrigued me because he hinted that this was the subtext of our Christian faith now we didn't you know I didn't have the opportunity to explore with him you know what those details look like it was more than a year later when God started to uh, refabricate our church and our ministry, that my next part of the journey would begin. I was uh, uh, moving in a direction where our church was entertaining the possibility of two other churches merging with our congregation. Uh, One Sunday uh, after church, I had a white pastor that I didn't know, um, uh, wait for me after the church service and told me that God instructed him to come and bring his congregation and become united with our church. Now, he pastored a small congregation of maybe, you know, barely 10 or 15 people, but I still had no idea why out of all the churches in the city of Denver, he wanted to come and merge with us. He was a white pastor. All of his congregation were were black. Uh, He was married to an African-American woman. And so I, you know, we, I actually told him, I think you, I'm open to this, but I think you need to go back and pray. And if God really tells you for sure, this is the church, then we'll talk. And he, he did just that and came back and still felt compelled to do the same thing. We were in the initial stages of that, um, trend, that, that, uh, uh, unification when I, uh, was asked by a another pastor about two months later, he and I have been working together in community, and he had kind of been jesting at the fact that maybe we should do something together, but I never took it, you know, to heart. And one day he really cornered me with it and said, no, he was very serious that he thought that perhaps we could do more together by combining our ministries. Well, then I told him about this other white pastor, and uh, this guy, this pastor, he was uh, black, he was African-American as myself. And so we all three got together. We took a little excursion, went up to the mountains, and we started to formulate this uh, coming together of our congregations with three pastors. And uh, as the senior, you know, among them, I would have that responsibility to technically be the uh, over the, the lead pastor. But they would come aboard as full board, full uh, fledged pastors, uh, and we would lead this ministry together. Wow. That with that that would by itself was going to be a tremendous change to what uh, I had inherited uh, in this Baptist church that I had at that time been pastoring for just a little bit more than uh, seven or eight years. And once we moved forward with that, we were barely six months into that transition when on a Wednesday night I had three other churches 
uh, congregations, one a Japanese, one was Spanish, uh, two and two were Spanish, that came to meet with me saying the same thing, that they had been called to bring their ministry to our church. And it just totally threw me off through our whole, if we had a plan for ministry, it, it just totally changed the trajectory of all of that. And when it was all said and done, we took in a Japanese church, two Spanish churches, and a Messianic church at the end of the day, in addition to this overall merger. That story is significant because that's when we began to change the the formal name of the church and then even how we reflected upon who we are. So we had kind of been nicknamed as the House of Gilead. Uh, we were a Mount Gilead Baptist Church originally, and we decided to just take on the name The House because we, be- we felt that, you know, we were no longer could no longer just honor the uh, Baptist banner because we had too many different persuasions of our faith all worshiping under the same umbrella. And we felt that the house was the complement towards that. It was because of that um, union with the Messianic ministry that was also led by a, a Spanish person uh, from another country that introduced me to a, a local uh, rabbi, and that rabbi became my uh, mentor teacher for about uh, two and a half years. And so that's where my formal training and journey began because by that time I was very hungry to understand the origin of our faith. And when I um, uh, met with him, uh, that was around a question of his congregation looking for a place to baptize. And I shared this story at the conference. When I met him, I asked him, why would a Jewish congregation be uh, in need of a baptismal pool? And he expressed to me that I probably didn't understand the origin of baptizing, and he asked me, why did we baptize? Uh, we happened to uh, worship our building, our facility was a former Jewish synagogue. And up underneath the platform of that synagogue, we were aware that there was this large cavity, this open space, but there was a water uh, uh, unit attached to it. And we used to store equipment and run some of our sound equipment lines up underneath that stage. And I personally had visited that space several times in helping our crew to uh, uh, to, to uh, connect our lines and and uh, and our equipment there. So when uh, I was asked about um, what was called a mikvah, and I didn't know what that was at the time, I told the uh, Messianic ministry that was with us about this cavity up underneath our platform and that I would meet with this rabbi who wanted to find out if they could come and use our facility to baptize. And when he asked me that question about why I baptized, that's when I, just in that immediate moment, the light bulb just started to come on because I knew better to then to uh, to, to uh, respond by saying because you know John the Baptist was a Baptist because I knew that wasn't true. I mean I knew that had nothing to do with technically the foundation of the Baptist faith, but I really didn't know why. 
we baptize. And so when he explained to me that John the Baptist was Jewish and that John the Baptist was baptizing people well before we inherited this tradition within the Baptist faith, he also pointed out that Jesus had a title that was Jewish, a rabbi. I've, I've been reading and studying the Bible at that time for more than 25 years. And, it, and even when I would read that expression, rabbi, in my mind, because of my Protestant background, I would Christianize the term and just, you know, say, well, that's just another word for he was a, a preacher, a minister. Even though I knew, knew it meant teacher, but I never saw it as a pure Jewish title. But in that moment when he said that, the light bulb came on for me that, wait a minute, everything I've been reading and studying, not just in Old Testament, but even in New Testament, actually has a Hebraic background and origin. We're just beginning to get to the good parts of Pastor Dell's story. What really impresses me is his openness to understanding the things that he did not fully grasp before. Now, we've met many church leaders who seem more closed to new information for whatever reason. I really respected that, too. We already knew where the story goes from here, and I encourage our listeners not to miss part two of Pastor Dale's story. In the meanwhile, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Or even if, like Pastor Dell, you discovered that there is more you need to know about your walk with the Father. Would you take the blue pill and close the door on this strange, seemingly new information? Or would you take the red pill, like Pastor Dell did, and follow the truth of the word of Elohim? Only you can answer that question. There is much more to this story, so don't miss part two next week. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please listen to Pastor Dell's wisdom again and share it with your clergy, family, and friends. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour, where you can handle the truth. truth.